Hi, this is our Bushido podcast that myself, Darren, and my co-host Craig are producing. It's a podcast that's specific. Hi, uh, that's specifically designed to shed light on the Bushido, the miniature game, and to get players an insight into the game if they're interested in learning more about it, and hopefully become uh, something that us as players and our listeners can all grow and learn the game more and talk about more in-depth tactics and specific factions and really delve into the game that way. Uh, But this episode is all about the key concepts within the game and the rough overall idea of how you play the game. So um, yeah, Craig, would you like to kick us off? Uh, Yeah, sure, Darren. Um, So I I was going to kind of say um, we could talk about just the anatomy of a card because uh, I, I guess most people when they start the game they kind of want to start with like a general profile or, and, yeah. and we could also just sort of talk about high level how the game works yeah and I, I, th- I guess uh, obviously we'll talk a lot about how the game works through the card itself and I mean I guess that's a key concept there are cards in this game there is not like a like you might find a, a book of some sort in other games this game every model has a card to itself yeah that's right and i mean that's a nice thing because once you put all your cards out um you can read them your opposition can read them all the information is to hand and and the cards are quite good at obviously summarizing the information in a in a way that generally you look at the front of the card and every so often you stick to the back that's a really good point actually yeah you you there's no like flicking through um, a book to find some profiles or using an app you know you've got it all, all to hand it's very easy to pass the card over and they can have a quick look at what your your model does yeah it's, it's actually quite handy and I quite like it for list building as well something about the, the card player in me quite likes uh, looking through the cards uh, you know and seeing what they do it's it's quite a nice way of art building army list in my opinion yeah def- I think definitely when you're flicking through different like um some of the sort of upgrade cards, the like enchantments and equipment stuff. Um, that's quite nice to have the physical cards. Uh, but I also yeah. use the army builder. Uh, that's that's really good as well, just when you want to kind of, you know, especially if you're on the move, just uh, gen- oh, generate yeah. something, uh, you know, try something out. Um, that That's quite good. But yeah, what, so, what, what's that one called again? The army builder? It's uh, I think it's just, it's like Disney army. It's an army builder app. Um, does lots of games as well. Um, Battle Scribe, that's it. Battle Scribe, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's, it's pretty good. It seems to be fairly up to date. I think it's recently been updated with the Risen Sun um, sort of latest cards. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty convenient. You can kind of go good on reasons. there and, yeah, yeah, quite easily tick away and generate a new list. Um, and there's also cards available on the wiki online. So you, yeah. you can, um, you can, get the rules online as a PDF and you can also get all the cards for all the models online. So you can, you can see exactly what everything can do before you buy it or before you play a game. Indeed. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I mean, I guess having the card itself is, is helpful uh, for referring to during the game and for, for our, um, building the actual war band before the game. Um, but there are some fundamentals just to kind of understand when you're looking at a card uh, being a, you know, everyone's new at some point. They look at the card and probably think, you know, what what does it all mean? Um, mm. Because uh, it's quite graphical as well, yeah. isn't it? It's like other games. It's very much like a a line of numbers, you know. 
Um, this one is, is much more um, flavor to it. I, I know it's still the same things. So you could obviously distill all of this out into into a row with numbers, but um, it, it's possibly means like looking at it as a first time, maybe the symbols will help you. Maybe they won't, you know? Indeed. Yeah. And, and that's it. So like I've, I've seen all sort of variants of these things and uh, yeah, you, it's, it's got kind of like a key system going uh, for, for the main stats. Um, and then it's got this interesting rubric going for um, the key feats. And that actually can be quite overwhelming when you first look at it. Um, oh definitely yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but but once you get used to it it's it's fine um yeah, and yeah it, it's, it's quite it, intuitive it and there's a nice bit of the actual cars they actually look quite nice the artwork's quite good um and 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 then and, and they fit a lot of uh information fairly concisely on a you know a, a small card it's not like a massive card you're holding around um so so it really works um but yeah so i was going to say so once you look at a card there's there's four key stats and you'll recognize them once you've played a few games straight away. Um, there's there's basically some swords, which is your melee pull, uh, a bow, which is your range pull, and then a, a foot, which is your movement, and uh, your this kind of uh, kanji symbol, which is your which is your key. Um, and then oh, quite 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 cool that you know what that is. Huh? Cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you have. Um, I think it's, this is what confused me a little bit when I first started. You have these kind of uh, little black circles with white numbers. Uh, they're key boost, and and they they're on some of them. Perhaps they they're not always on any of them um, yeah. on your stats and. That that's how, that's how you can boost them through key, um, and I think I know when I first started out, it, it, it seemed to be a bit confusing that, but um, but actually, again, yeah, it's it, quite basically intuitive. you can sometimes have two numbers on the same stat. The, yeah. the the sort of larger one in white that's kind of a part of the icon is the actual number of dice you're going, or well, it's the value of the uh, stat. So for for example, four on your on your um, melee stat means you're going to have available four dice whereas four on your move stat means that you can move four inches so it kind of translates yeah. to to whatever you're doing yeah and, and the general stat will be most people have three in melee uh they yeah. move about four inches and yeah. um everything has a range value even if it doesn't have a range uh weapon which again can be yeah, a bit can, confusing can be, can be a bit weird kind of yeah. to start with but you you do realize that there are certain ways that people can get weapons um sometimes not that common yeah. but and we'll, sometimes. we'll move on to weapons but weapons are on the profiles as well yeah um yeah. and then something to note is that the key feats actually two stats in one and the the sort <clears throat> yes. of the first one when you when you're reading left to right is how much key you generate at the start every turn um, and then the, the the next one is how much key you can hold at any given time. And if you if you have more key uh, than your key limit, then you have to discard the ex- excess. Um, yeah, and, and and I guess we'll go into key in a bit more detail. But it's just at this point to say that it's it's a resource that a model gains every turn that will allow it to unleash onto power, more powerful um, attacks or um special abilities um yeah but um and it is yeah, possible suppose... that you could have a zero for one of these stats as well now yes. zero for range might be 
you know, fine, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's not zombie or something, then it, yeah. and it's, it's got no bow, then it doesn't matter. Um, if you've got zero for movement, then you're obviously not moving anywhere unless you've got well, you normally you, you some that, other ability. Not, not yeah, there are there are mo- there are models that have zero way. that I yeah. that I own that have yeah. zero on the move, but um, they do still move. For, yeah, you're right for other abilities. And they can be a bit confusing when you see a stat yes. and it's zero, and a bit worrying <laughs> at first stats. Um, and then on the key, it's there are certainly animals and things like that have uh, zero for their um, their key limit, in in which case they can't store any. Um, and yeah. as far as I can read it, basically there is no step in the turn where you discard them. It's just, if you've got more than that, you have to discard it. So animals yeah. don't kind of like start the game with two key and then lose it at the end of the round. They just don't, no, they just can't, they have, just it. can't yeah. have it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the thing is that, yeah, it's, it's generally animals that they have the first part of the key step, the sort of like, which is normally a two. Uh, it can be a three and it can be a one, um, but uh, it's basically that's used for things like fear test and um, can be used to uh, uh, to stop the enemy from casting spells or the equivalent of spells on you. You know, um, it's kind of a it's a willpower type stat, really, isn't yeah. it? As well as uh, the energy you gain, it's it's kind of like your your willingness to fight and your ability to fend yourself mentally. Yeah, and, that, and that's why things like animals will still have a stat there, uh, even yeah. though they can't store the key because they're using it, you know, basically, to, to, as, as you said, to things like fear test and opposed keys test will be normally based on that stat. Um, yeah. And then one thing, so there's little, these little white circles um, and they're the wounds tracks. So yeah, you can have more than one be... wound track on the card as well, which again, when you first start out, can be a little bit confusing. Yeah, um, but yeah. So during the game, the idea is to tick those off. Uh, when you take wounds, you mark them off. It, it's that, I mean, obviously, if you've got sleeves, that's fine. Uh, but but generally, I, I I think most people probably, well, I would have thought they just use counters or something to retract the wound. Yeah, I, I normally use a dice, but yeah, if you've got if you've got sleeves, you can use a yeah. a, a pen uh, uh, to mark the wounds as you go. And I suppose it's worth noting that you know the base basic number of wounds most models have is is six, but you know, as, as usual with these things, you have a lot more and a lot less. Something like a, a small Bakamano gremlin thing, I think only has four. Um, you know, whereas a big, massive Oni demon beast will have 12, you know. So obviously it's going to vary a lot. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, I think six is like an average human. And like you say, like, you know, the Bakamano will have four. They're, they're a bit smaller, a bit squidgier, but they're, they've got their tricks. And yeah, you have to definitely be like an ogre-sized demon thing to have um, something like 12 or so. I think that's one of yeah. the big, big, the proper Oni. Um, I think they go You'll have to like kind of about level. eight or something if you're a um, sumo or buto. I think they're about eight, eight or sounds, 10. Sounds about right. Um, yeah, uh, I have to check, but so so yeah so it varies a bit and and that and that's what those little circles are there for um uh and then you, so, you yeah sorry go ahead so um shall we shall we those are your core sort of stats so just give uh, an overview of how you use each one of those then yeah sure so uh i think hopefully this is where like people who played war games before will find it quite intuitive uh in the most part probably the key stats the the one that kind of is is, is a little bit different um yeah it's, it's definitely a unique feature of bushido and it definitely gives bushido its flavor you know it's a resource management on one hand on the rule crunchy side but in many ways it does just give the game a lot of flavor and and, and theme 
Yeah. So, so like we say, most people, let's just say, um, uh, start with the melee stat. Uh, so most people have melee around three. Uh, that means when you go into combat, you've got effectively three dice to assign and you assign these dice to uh, attack and defense in this game. Uh, which is quite interesting. So you can put all three dice in attack, all three dice in defense, or a combination in between. Yeah, um, and it's done in secret, isn't it? Yeah. You, you and your opponent will both do the, uh, assign their dice to attack and defense and simultaneously. Yeah, so it's really interesting blind bidding kind of thing going on where you've got to really think about what your opposition is going to do because it's what we call a face-to-face roll. So you're comparing your dice to your opposition's dice. And that means you can hurt each other uh, at the same yeah. time. Uh, you can yeah, quite yeah. easily kill each other in, in the same attack. Um, and and yeah, it's it, it does mean that a canny player might come out uh, on top, um, dice, dice allowing, uh, because they, they kind of, you know, correctly guessed what the opposition would do or wouldn't do. And, yeah. and you know, that that's a very dynamic part of the game. Um yeah. So you- yeah. So for example, if I if if my gu- if, if 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 you were the active player, you and you assigned your dice maybe to an attack and one defense, and I was the inactive player, and I I did the same. Um, we would then you would start off by rolling your attack dice, your two dice, and comparing it to my one defense dice. Basically, you you roll your dice and you count the highest number as your sort of base value and then you add any dice, other dice that you rolled that isn't a one as one to your highest value. So if you rolled a four and a two, your highest one's a four. So you count as a four, but then you look at your support your support dice, which is the dice that rolled a two. It's greater than a one, so you add that to the four and your total becomes five, which is something I've not seen in other games, you know, um, and then I would roll my defense dice, and let's say I rolled a three, there'll be a difference of two between your success of five and my my defense of three. Um, so I would get hit, and I would take a hit on the success level two on the damage chart, and you know, and that, the damage chart goes I don't know from one to ten or something. So you know, or zero to ten, in fact. Um, and then we'd roll up damage, you know. But I guess that gives you an idea of like, we, like you said, your your the active player goes first with their attack, and I would defend. And then if I survived, I would actually have my attack dice against your defense. Yeah. So I, you I kind th- of have that. I think you mentioned um, something really critical in this game as well, there, or, or like fundamental. Let's say so, like this whole support dice mechanic. Uh, yeah. You you said it quite quickly. So I mean, sure, if let's go over it. Then they probably know this. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's just one but of the it, it, it is not, like I said, it's not something I've really yeah. seen in many games. It, it's so. quite confusing, especially when you... So at the start of, I watched a lot of um, uh, of these YouTube videos showing games. And uh, I think it was Gorilla Miniature Games. Oh, yeah, yeah, Franco. yeah. I like his stuff. Um, yeah, he's a really good presenter. Yeah, and, uh, yeah and, and, it, and it's hilarious because they kept rolling these dice and then shouting out a number that, that I, has no relation there. to it as far as you're yeah. aware. You're like, so they roll like three dice and they'll be like, I don't know, they'll be like, that's eight. You're like, what are you, yeah. how is this working? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rolled a seven. It's like, it's like it's a D6. That's... How did you roll a seven? Um, yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, it'd be sense. like a four and a two and it'd be like, I've got a five. And like, you're, are you just bad at math? Yeah, you are bad at math. <laughs> yeah, no, but no. <laughs> well, no, they are no. actually right. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, the support dice. Uh, you, you take your top, your your highest dice. So, if, when when you roll these kind of tests, so like a melee test, um, you when you're rolling more than one dice, you take your your highest dice, and that's your sort of lead dice, and then you can add supporting dice. Now, your your other dice, if they roll something other than a one, um, they they basically you get to add a, a one to your to your lead in dice. Um, if they rolled a one, then you don't get to add it. Um, so an example is probably the easiest way to, to I know you had one, but probably just run sure. through it. So if you, if you rolled, um, three dice and you got a, a five and a two and a one, you would, uh, take the top dice, which was five. Then you could add support dice and you can add up to two support dice, by the way. Um, now I'm looking at my other two dice and I've got a, you know, a one, I, that can't, can't be helpful uh, unfortunately because it has to be more than one and the other dice it wasn't a one um so that can be added in so my five um gets plus one so it's got plus one from the support dice so it becomes six um that's a that's a pretty neat way to kind of make it still a d6 game but kind of allow them to go beyond the boundaries of a um of, of one to six um which yeah. is which is kind of cool uh, mathematically it kind of opens up you know a few avenues um yeah it does yeah, yeah. definitely it, it, and um it's on the base level the combat system is actually once you get used to it it's pretty simple but there's a lot of layering on top of it which really makes it intricate and i really like i really enjoy how you do it um blindly like you have to assign how much you want to push on the attack or how much you want to defend yourself depending on the situation and that does mean that you'll have combats which you know you're kind of always trying to guess what your opponent's trying to do to get the most out of your models and it's it's a a fun aspect to the game you know it's it's um has a lot of player interaction because of it yeah you have to be a bit careful because um one of the things that often catches you out to start with, there is still a kind of initiative order. So like you said, there's yeah. a, sequ- a sequence in where uh, the, the the active player tends to be the one activating first. There are some some you know rules in the game that kind of change that. Um, yeah. So you could go in there and, um, you know, if you're the defending player, you may say, well, actually, I just want to kind of put all my dice in attack. Uh, the, the risk with that is that they could kill you before you get to attack. So yeah, definitely. you have to kind of weigh up, okay, so, you know, how much do I need to put in defense versus attack and kind of, you know, maybe you're a particularly aggressive play style. Maybe you've got a more defensive one and you're also trying to figure out what the opposition is doing. So there's the, the, the dice allocation itself. Um, it's not always obvious what the optimal you know allocation is um because because of that sort of you know that that judgmental element which you know is quite unusual and actually makes the game very uh in, you know involved like you say um yeah now it's range, quite, quite unique yeah um range attacks are similar in principle to uh melee attacks um so from you use a dice from the range pool so if you had a range pool value of three you would take three dice when you make a range attack generally speaking they can always be you know pluses and minuses to these uh, things in game through different states and things uh the difference with range attacks is, is you're, you're you're generally looking at a fixed value to beat to hit someone 
yeah, uh, rather than the face to face, because it's not like they're fighting you back. It's they're just trying to like not get hit. So you're you're trying to hit a certain number, if you like. So it might be a challenge number of five. So you're you're rolling your dice and you're trying to get a five or higher to score a hit on them. Um, that that's that's kind of how that works. Um, yeah. Movement, and, very and then again, you're looking for the level of success as you were in combat. This, the uh, whenever you're yeah, trying to yeah. damage someone through combat or through shooting, the higher the level of your success, the uh, better your odds of causing more damage because there's a, a damage chart that you'll roll on, and the higher your level of success, the uh, the better your odds are at getting more, significantly more damage. Yeah, that's right. So uh, it's 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 just a it's a chart. You roll two d six and you look down the chart at the success level, and that's that's how much damage you do. Uh, and then you tick those wound boxes off that we mentioned, so or circles. So um, so yeah. So I, I was just going to say, movement is it's probably really straightforward to most people who play yeah. war games. It's in inches, um, and it's just a it's a round number. Uh, so you know most things move four. Some things are a bit faster, some things are a bit slower. Uh, very few sixes in this game. Um, yeah. Some yeah, factions with quite a lot of fives. Um, Which is a massive difference. You know, there's there's literally two factions, like, you know, um, Ito and Tengu, which they're, one of their key selling points is that they actually have a movement of five and they yeah. only have five wounds because of this. That's how <laughs> important that movement of five is. So, then, yeah, it's something yeah. to really be caref- uh, co- uh, aware of is if you actually do have a movement greater than four it's actually really good it is yeah and it's quite outside those two factions it's quite i think it's quite, quite rare, rare. Um, it is, yeah. i haven't really kind of like checked that but i but i my, my feeling there's, is there's it's couple, quite rare but it's it's unusual for yeah. sure you know it, i think that's again that's like one of these things where when you first get into the game you may overlook um uh, but actually yeah uh it's it makes quite a big deal in in game uh, now there are a few things with movement are free uh, that tends to be like calmly and things like that that are slow basically um, so, so after that um, if you look at the card just sort of scrolling down uh, there's there's normally uh, some traits and the traits can be split between uh, weapon or model specific traits so most models have a weapon um, and and that sometimes is subdivided into a, a combat or melee weapon and a ranged weapon as well. Yeah, um, which will be the, based on the icon. So the melee icon is is the sword one, as you might yeah. imagine, which looks like your looks very similar to your melee, um, um, your uh, melee pool statistic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you also have um, potentially have a ranged weapon as well. Yeah, so confusingly, or at least to start with confusingly, it's almost exactly the same. It's just they've mm. they've flipped over. It's just, it's basically it's, it's, it looks like the same symbol. Uh, they just flipped over where the where the number is rather yes. than being to the right. Uh, it's 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 got a normally a plus or minus and it's to the left. Now that's a bit confusing. I found to start with because I wanted to combine that so like if it's a plus one i wanted to combine that with my melee pool above thinking i don't know i've got you know an extra dice it's not how it works it, it just means you if it's got a little plus or minus that's the modifier to the damage not to the number of dice you roll yeah. um so once you get used to it again it's completely intuitive um weapons can have traits and so can models have traits so if a model has has a trait um 
you know, it, it generally is they're they're on they're available for use. If a weapon's got a trait, you kind of got to be using the weapon to 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 make use of the trait. Yeah, and uh, most models only have one weapon, so there's not a huge number of amount of distinction. But if you've got two options, like two weapons to choose from, then it it does matter, and that does happen with some of the a lot with a lot of the times with yeah. the higher cost value models. Um, you know, maybe one weapon's uh, offensive and one's defensive. You know, um, obviously, you're if you've got a a person with um, a bow and a sword, you know, that's a much more clearer distinct distinction between two weapons. But they could be two melee weapons. You know, that's that's not uncommon. You know, exactly. And I think that's the interesting thing. So there are, yeah, there are a few. Months. There's even like, uh, yeah, 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 Musa, I think it's called, is uh, the two-headed snake thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's a big two-headed snake, and basically it's got one head that uses a profile, another head that uses another profile. Uh, but yeah, like you say, other models just, you know, they maybe they've got two big swords or whatever. Um, a lot of models that you're going to use to start with, I think, like you say, are going to have one weapon, and yeah. then you may get a, a someone with a, a range and a melee weapon, and and it's going to be pretty obvious what what to do. And again, it's 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 quite sim like. The, the way that the melee versus range weapon works is 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 basically the same. You're you're adding to the damage when you see a little plus or minus, or you know you're you're modifying the damage when you uh, see that um, uh, whether it's melee or, or ranged, uh, and you're you're attaching those traits to the weapon that you're using, um, and you can't kind of you know mix them around. Um, so you know that's hopefully kind of uh, intuitive once you once you sort of you know gone through a game or two. The traits themselves are really interesting and open up all sorts of ways a model uh, behaves on the table. Um, I think like any game, when you're first getting used to the traits, it feels like there's a lot to digest. Um, The good thing is they're kind of uniformed. So once you've got an understanding of what the traits are and you've kind of, you know, committed some of them to memory, you'll find that some come up quite regularly um and yeah and so you'll recognize them and there's a few ones that are really rare but there's a lot that are fairly common um, yeah it's nice they, it's nice that they are uh yeah you know generic kind of traits that you're right um some some of them do sound a little similar as well i found at the start but you do get used to the differences like um was it um push attack and uh for force was it force back attacks those two always uh you know, it took me a little while to get the distinction between those two, but you know, of course, just playing it a bit more, you get the hang of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I. So yeah. So that's 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 kind of a, another thing. So what what you also see is um, special abilities or special attacks. Um, so some weapons uh, allow you to do different attacks. And and that kind of they're, they're sort of just put together with the traits. I don't think they're really trying to distinguish between them. So, and and that can be a little bit confusing as well because I, I find that um, some of the some of the traits like brutal one would be like uh, plus one to your uh, attack roll. Uh, but if you look at a, a special attack or defense, they've normally got in brackets number as well. And that's actually not adding or subtracting to your um, to to your stat, um, so to your um, to your result. It's it's actually modifying your your dice pool. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit confusing, actually. I find because I think it would have been it would have been a bit neater in my mind if they if they kind of put a plus 
next to yeah maybe uh, across yeah. yeah next to like brutal yeah. and then I, I, yeah I guess like just to keep it consistent but yeah, I, I, it's, think, it's, I, I think uh, again it's like it probably confuse people either way and, and you got you got, you want to try and make a card look tidy so you don't want yeah to i guess it's the fact that you have to uh, be aware that the number that comes after an ability can mean quite a lot of different things depending on what that ability is yeah it might be an extra dice or it might be a plus one to a result there's quite a few that they normally or in this case actually i, I get i get you get your your point that actually to do a certain um um special attacks they actually reduce your melee pool so for example um i'm looking at a guy who a monk who has powerful attack one and that means that to actually use powerful attack, I have to remove one dice from my melee pool. So if I had f- uh, this guy, had, for example, has four because he's quite a com- quite a good combatant. So I have four dice to start with. If I want to use powerful attack, I have to make the decision to drop myself down to three dice. So it's quite a big sacrifice on the hope that by reducing my dice pool, and that could potentially reduce how well my attack goes or perhaps you know prevent me from defending as well you know it's some critical decisions and i hope that the powerful attack is better than that dice would have been you know so you, it's interesting yeah again i think it's one of those things you get used to once you get into the game um can be a little bit uh, confusing to start with uh, but yeah so you, you basically you've got these special attacks which you you have to normally pay um uh a, a va- you know pay a toll for and that's normally losing a dice not always there are some zeros in there and they're really good and, and they are very good yeah yeah if you see yeah. a zero on special attack you that, that's a good one that's something you're using every time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much you, 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 normally the restriction on that would be that you can only normally go for one of these at any time and, and normally yeah. they're 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 also either attack or defense so you kind of need to weigh up are you are you you know, going which which one do you want to wait uh wait to see yeah on? and i guess um also some you know there there are it's worth i suppose also saying that the both special attacks and defenses there's a lot that are not actually about damaging which is a bit surprising potentially coming into the game um because a lot of the game is actually about pushing models around you know either you know moving them back um, moving them somewhere else and it's really an important part of the game because of missions you know which are revolve around being in certain locations or just to get an enemy out of position so that you can deal with them better and sometimes it's it's worth having an attack or defense that is uh, all about just moving the enemy around rather than trying to do any damage or anything like that uh, yeah ab- absolutely um so yeah, so that I mean that and that the the combination of the traits and the special um, you know abilities they they really make a model behave very differently on the table. And yeah, definitely because if you actually look yeah. at it, um, that's where you get the I fine know. grain kind of detail. Because in the stat line, yeah, yeah you've got some you, you can get some chunky numbers in there, and that can you know shape how a model works. But they're not often that different, though, are they? The yeah, they, stats they tend are to be. not massively different. Yeah. Like between even like a really good fighter and a really bad one, you know, you probably mm. will have. I mean, to be fair, like a melee pool of two is what you have on a, on a bad fighter, let's say, and it, it is, yeah, like you know, um, and a melee pool of four is what you expect on a good fighter, and 
So that's 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 is significant. But you know, your average fighter is free, and you know, mo- most people's war bands will be have lots of people with free melee dice. But what adds that layer and the flavor is, like you say, the special traits and special attacks and defenses that make each model feel very unique and what they can do. Indeed. Um, and yeah, that, and that really does make them, you know, uh, gives the model its character. It, it, it makes it behave on the table how you kind of expect it to. Um, and, and sometimes they, they, they normally are good, but there are a few which are sort of bad as well. Um, so there's some traits which are like weak or cowardly, um, you know, or unstable. Uh, there's a few out there basically that, you know, uh, so there's quite, I think there's one, the big Oni. Yeah. And, I mean, there's even things, um, I guess, um, like aggressive, you know, that's quite a, or impetuous. In, in, so yeah. Those, impetuous, yeah, those yeah. are traits that you're, um, you're expecting. They're basically negative traits that you expect to get a discount on your model because they, uh, they hamper it in some way or the other, you know, where, you know, aggressive means you have to put more, uh, dice in attack and, um, impetuous means that you you have to activate early on. You become in the turn. predictable, yeah. So yeah. and 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 it sort of ties into the models. I was to say so. One the, the there's this sort of old Oni uh, shaman type uh, model who he's got unstable, and because he's sort of you know got a walking stick and everything, he's and then, and that obviously means like you know there's a connection between the traits he's got and, and the model. And you see that oh you yeah, know, you like do, you say yeah, like definitely. things with axe tend to have brutal um, things with. Uh, I know, we're probably just rattling off uh, key words here, but you know things with a long pole type thing tend to have reach. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a, there's normally a good connection between what you expect a model to um, have on its profile card and from the actual sculpt. Um, yeah, and you, you can start picking that up the more, like you said, the more more you look start looking at models, you you can sort of identify certain traits that they might have. You know, indeed, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so the. The, the, the weapon, weapon uh, stats, I suppose just one thing to mention again, like just to help people newer to the game, your range uh, your range weapon will actually have three numbers and yes. those numbers relate to the different range bands effectively. And there's a, uh, a short, medium and long range. And again, it's left to right and you just have three numbers. And again, when you first look at it, you're probably like, not really sure what to do with that. Um, once once you know what those numbers are, it's absolutely fine. Uh, back to the point about a target number within those range bands, you have a target number, so it's easier to hit things which are which are closer to you, harder to hit things which are further away, um, and to work out kind of where the target number sits, you just need to know where the range band is. Um, and one thing, probably just know it's a bit. So generally, you want to be looking for a low target number in in the in the sense of when you're making a range attack because you're looking for your dice to be high the target dice the target challenge number to be low and then the difference to be as big as it can be so that you can uh, get a better success value so when you roll on this damage table you do loads of damage so long and short of it you want a low challenge number when you're shooting you don't yep. want a high challenge number um, which is a which, bit weird sometimes uh, yeah. when you start off um because uh, you look at it and um yeah uh, the so your you, when you're, your shooting value starts off 
at best like four but goes up pretty quickly for range and how big the target is and stuff like that you know if they're in cover um you know and um it's it's just inverted basically so like yes if if something's hard to hit you'll get a plus to hit it and if it's easier to hit or you've done something to make it you know a better shot then it's a minor then then yeah it's a minus yes minus so (laughs) most other games would work the tend to work the other way way around (laughs) it does work obviously with this in this game you know yeah again when you're watching youtube videos it's another one of those moments where you're like hang on that sounds yeah it's like around I mean, cover so it's plus two to hit. You're like, oh, that that, that doesn't sound right. But yeah, it, it, it does work. It does really yeah. work. Um, so yeah, so the um, just one thing as well. Some weapons have just one number, so they won't necessarily have a you know the full set of three. Um, so I think I think the bell ringer, this Oni guy, he's uh, I think he's just got a six on the medium. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that's again could be a bit could throw you um, when you're when you're starting. All that means is that if you're within six, you're at medium range. And yeah, there there is no short range. There's there is no short, no and there's range. no long range either. Um, it's just you're either in range or you're not on those kind of models. And, 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 that, and that only yeah. matters because if you're like your target number starts off at a certain value, so short range is you start at target number starts off at four and it's five for medium and six for long, I believe. Um, so it just determines what your your base value is going to be for before you add any modifiers to hit. Yeah, indeed. I mean, so just quick, quick one. So each card has got a faction symbol, and some cards also have an element icon some of the monks and stuff like that um it's it's not a big deal but i think some people might wonder how do you know these guys can go in the warband together and i yeah, think it's a good point yeah particularly when you look at running cards which are like you know, a variety of cards that can potentially come into other factions um there's like some generic kind of equipment cards and and train cards and upgrade cards basically yeah the the, the, the ronin are the mercenaries of this bushido world so so kind of that there is a bit there's a symbol to your point about being you know symbol based some of this is symbol based and that's one of it um one of those examples um but yeah again again it's fairly intuitive once you've got your head around it um but yeah a few people i think in our group they kind of overlook that they could take ronin cards um when when they start to build their their you know wall battle again if you're using like battle scribe it will, it will tell you that you'll be using so but that, that yeah, kind of puts, puts it together for you yeah it depends basically it's it's whatever icon is on in that sort of top left hand corner of the the card that's the that's the uh what if it's available to you or not you know so if it's got your army's icon on there you can have it it may like you said if it's a rolling it may have several icons um, because it can go with several different armies, but you know, obviously, yeah, your so that, that, that's on the back board. when when they're running. Um, oh, on okay. the back. I, I was thinking more of the equipment cards. It's got like a Ronin icon, that oh, means okay, it can basically yeah. be taken by anyone. Yeah, um, cool. But yeah, there's a slightly different rules around when uh, Ronin models can be brought into your warband. But yeah, that's that's again, but you know, based on the same mechanics, just slightly different in terms of where it is on the card and um there might be some other theme restrictions around that which you know we, we get on to um but yeah um so there's there's also uh so m- m- pretty much everything we've spoken about so far is actually on the front of the card so you you haven't flipped your card over yet now if you oh actually st- one thing to talk about though craig mm-hmm. actually sorry to stop you um so we we've kind of talked a bit about key um or she depending on how you want to say it um, as this sort of, 
yeah, as this energy that people build up and they can use. And um, I guess we should just talk about how you use it because I don't think we've really covered key boost or key feats. And uh, yeah, I so think I, this is I was, a good time. yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to kind of say so at the at the bottom of the page, at the bottom of the card, there are uh, key feats, and we mentioned key boosts before. Now, um, it's, it, the one thing I must say, so there's a, there's a general rubric, which I think when you first look at it, um, you, you just don't really know what to make of it. But once you've read through the, you know, the actual rule book, you can kind of break it down and actually it's very intuitive. Um, is, yeah. you've, you've got a name for each one and then you've got normally um, like a, a circle with a, with a number in, that's the key amount that it costs. And then you've got some other kind of... Um, so next to it yeah and, yep. and that and that rubric normally breaks down to you know kind of what's the range who who's it kind of you know affecting and um is it is it kind of like a one-off or does it stay in effect yeah. like an aura uh, or is it a pulse or is it kind of an opposed test can you do it in base to base it's, it's all these little things that like basically explains in a, a very high level summary form how this kind of key feat works and yeah key it, feats, it basically says like how much is going to cost when you can do it and what uh, is the area of effect. Um, so yes. it's, and it's quite clear once you know what it is, but it's, yeah, it's a little bit of distinction at the start. I mean, the first number, the first value being a number is relatively straightforward and that's just how much key, like you said, and the next one um, is a little bit um, more to it, whether it's an instant or, a simple or an active, you know, that those are are a little bit trickier to get your head into, but they basically define at what point in a turn you can do it. And um, side side note, but probably active one is probably the one that I think um, certainly caught my group out uh, for quite a long time. The idea that you can you can do an active feat, a key feat, um, whenever you're the active player, not necessarily the active model. You know, that's um, that's pretty exciting. It's quite an interesting, um, yeah. Difference. Um, so that there's, yeah. I was so we've we've kind of got some of those, um, you know, things to wash out for um, moments. At the end, like yeah. yeah, we've we've got a list of those, and and yeah, there's so there's some timing. Like most games, there's some timing interactions, and this game's quite specific about what you can do but it's sort of just there's a distinction basically between being the active player and, and, and activating the model there's a window of opportunity where you can you can effectively um do some of these uh some of these key feats um but yeah the uh i, I guess the main thing is you know because we're trying to keep it high level here is you can basically you can use this key that you're generating every turn and you know you've got that from this key stat that we've mentioned uh you can use it to effectively do a a, a a key feat now a key boost is a type of key feat um that's where you basically just buy an extra dice so if you've got or, like or you, or you can boost your, boost your move as well yeah um, i was about to say or, or you can boost your move or you can even boost your key feat which again could be a bit confusing to people because they're like i'm paying key to boost my key stats that's Seems a bit circular, but that's yeah. <laughs> really not. Because what what you what you're really likely to do with that is, as as you said, it's like a willpower test. Um, so you're you're probably trying to um, make sure that your your key, uh, like a, 
a special ability goes off so you're trying to cast a spell for one of a better word yeah. and 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 you're kind of making it more powerful or you're trying to pass a fear test um yeah you know it's it's things like that so that's so there's really a an important reason why you that happens not every and not every model has these and um even if they do have them they may only have it for certain uh statistics so it's another way of adding that fine-grained detail to each model um, yeah definitely definitely i mean like um like for example if you've got a an old wizard looking model they probably won't be able to boost their melee dice maybe they maybe they will it depends on the model but but I've, I've definitely got some that can't do that and uh, on the other hand um a lot of models can't boost their movement statistic um, that's quite but, rare you know, outside again yeah. outside of ito and um uh thank you it's quite unusual and it's really good when it when you can do it uh because yep. sometimes you're just like slightly out just and an, you just just an yeah. inch away you know it can make yeah, a big difference definitely. but uh yeah and uh yeah but but, but effectively you're boosting a stat that's basically what you're doing um should probably ma- mention if you have got a stat of zero you can increase it to one through that means and otherwise uh you can only double your stat that's the most you can do Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, it should be quite hard to do. That would be quite impressive to double any of these stats. Quite frankly, um, yeah, like yeah. everything, there's always a model that comes to Can mind, it. <laughs> and it's like uh, one of the Beckmano track, the samurai Beckmano. He actually he could definitely he can do it. He, he can oh, okay. boost on like okay, a two, and you know, you, you, if if you didn't have that cap, you would you know it, it, some crazy stuff could happen. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's those sort of extreme cases. Monks as well, they can get lollicky, uh, yeah, so they yeah. they can uh, they can definitely kind of you know <laughs> they, push, they push that rule. Boosting. Yeah. Yes. So so, so it, there's a, there's a there's a kind of you know there's there's some boundaries on what you can do with this, but um, you know some, some and there's sort of some limitations that that seems appropriate so that you you can't kind of like overpower something um but yeah then so you can you also use the key for the key feats um you kind of pay the cost and you can you know use the ability and they're very varied they they cover a whole host of things and a bit like traits uh they're quite overwhelming perhaps at first but you kind of start to see the same ones come up a few times because certainly some of them are definitely know fairly common um yeah but there there are still more unusual ones out there because it's it's like more detailed because this is where they the game designers get to kind of really add a little bit of extra something to the model yeah it's it's a massive part of the game in both the way how it the, the game has a strong theme because people are building up this key and unleashing it in these massively powerful attacks or special abilities or so sometimes this is more like issuing out orders or something like that, you know, it varies a lot what it is, but it's a real cool aspect of the game. It, it allows and, resource management basically, doesn't it, within the game, which yeah. you know, it is is just another level of, you know, where you're playing a strategic game, you a strategy game, you want to have that kind of decision making element to it. Um but but I think you can, but also it builds the theme is yeah. what I was going to say as well. You know, it kind it of like gives you, a flavor, you get a lot of yeah. yeah, a lot of the flavor of a model, like all those sort of stats, and you know they're important, and yeah, the special attacks and defenses and traits. You know, they all really build up a model as well. But a lot of it is also on the key feats that they can do. You know, they're really important. Uh, absolutely, um, and. We, I mean, we definitely will have to go back to traits and 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 you know 
key feats and everything and how you might want to use key boost. Um, there's, there's there's a lot to cover there. Uh, but just to cover the cards off as that's the kind yep. of focus, there, there is also a, a rice cost at the top right-hand oh, yes, uh, corner of yes. a card. <laughs> and I don't quite know why everything's in rice. I imagine it's because like 22 rice or whatever, like 10 rice. So there'll yeah. be, be a number and that's the rice cost. Um, I... I think uh, I don't know whether it's bowls of rice. I doubt it's individual grains, right? It just seems a bit. I hope not. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I think. think, think Call it points if it makes it makes it. Uh, yeah, I, I often call it points. I, but I, yeah. I don't mind it. I mean, you know, uh, food food's important. Uh, so. I imagine. It, I imagine it's at least a little bag of rice. I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 the cost basically of recruiting into the war band. As, as a standard game is a hundred rice. Um, a, a sort of intro game could be say 50 and a starter game I would say is 70 so generally like most people's route into this will probably be two player start set um, that's I think if I remember correctly 50 and um, uh, yeah it is yeah, yeah. and and, then, and the um, sort of individual faction starter boxes come in around 70 yeah with with some like there's some upgrade cards basically so that's like the models plus the upgrade cards which you which you buy in the same kind of way um so yes and, and just i guess one other thing it's like some some models are summoned so they just have an su symbol some are special yes. Um, yes. and that will be explained on the card how they come into play that's an sp symbol and then there's also an ea symbol which is each um so that's where there's more than one um model on the on the card and i think i think also there's some coloration um that, yeah, think, the the each ones are, are kind of a, a sort of silvery color, whereas the individual characters, which is majority of the game, most most of the models are individual characters, um, are kind of like a, a solid goldy kind, more of a goldy color behind the yeah. rice cost. Um, yeah, that's actually, right. Actually, talking about sort of the uh, unusual pr- uh, cards, just for a second, um, I think it's, it might be worth saying that you sometimes see cards that don't have health. Uh, circles and those are normally Kami and um, they work um, in a t- totally different way that we won't go into but yeah it's not to worry about basically yeah <laughs> there don't, is reason. don't worry when you see it and think I've got a duff card or something yeah um, no this card's got no life oh my god yeah uh, yeah this one was terrible <laughs> yeah it's got no wounds um yeah, they like the special rule. <laughs> like we were saying, if, if, if the stat looks a bit weird, there's probably something going on. And, yeah, like and it's I've got, designed I've, to work I've, in a slightly different way. I've got two models that don't have a move stat, and you, you start thinking, okay, this is a bit weird. But then you start reading the card, and there will be apparent at some point how they gain the ability to move. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, yeah, so. So we kind of, I think we've covered the uh, the, the front of the card. I mean, uh, I guess so, to say the obvious, every card's also got a, a name. Uh, like I said, most things are, uh, you know, most most are individuals, so they've got like a, a personal name, um, yeah. and and then they've got like a a type as well. Um, so they, yeah, they might be a, a monk or um, an, an animal, uh, you know, type thing. And and sometimes those keywords do interact with certain effects in quite an important way um like animals you can't give um you can't give equipment to animals for obvious reasons yeah and it, you know it's, it's normally uh, these sort of equipment cards that we kind of touched on that you know the keywords can interact with and um sorry i should say enchantment cards you can't give them uh so uh, which, yeah. which 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 equipment's like a subsection but yeah i mean it's thank, thankfully like you know it's got that 
that kind of real world kind of you know doesn't ruin the immersion uh, when you when you find like a, a gorilla kind of holding a um uh, a magic sword that's not gonna yeah it's <laughs> not gonna happen here it's not that sort of game well, i don't know if you've seen some of the uh temple models i think <laughs> yeah well <laughs> yeah there are some hybrid things going on yeah um, um actually one other thing we haven't said actually is the unique effects uh there's the the special I, specific to a model yeah i was gonna so i was gonna just cover the front of the card then go on to that um so uh, just make sure I've definitely covered everything I can see on the front. I think so. Hopefully, there's nothing too obvious I've missed. Um, but yeah, on the on the back of a card, what they, you know, just going from um, top to bottom, um, the it, it typically the key uh, feats will be um, detailed. So you still have the rubric, and the rubric should be the same on the front and the back. It's not, so, yeah. it's, not, it's not always <laughs> the same. Sometimes there are uh, typos, but it should be the same. Um, and it has the text with it to kind of detail how things, how the actual thing works. And, and that's pretty important because they're quite bespoke. Um, although, although, although they kind of like are, that they are used um, across cards. So some, you know, some of these feats will be, you'll see them time and time again, but they're, they're quite detailed, I'd say. So you have to read that text normally to know what, what they do. But once you've read it, you, you probably can remember it and you, you probably will just read the, you know, the, yeah, because you you almost the card. Often, you often buy a model almost. I I do anyway. I sometimes will put put a model in my warband based on its key feet. It's like a a, a very something that I I what brings something to my army that I really want. You know, it, not always, but it often does. It's a kind of you look at that model once you know what it can do. Yeah. It comes to mind straight away. It's like it makes oh, yeah. it play very differently in the game, uh, and and it adds something different to your warband. Absolutely, I think the other good thing about this is because it's summarised on the front of the card. Once you played a few games, you can quickly scan your your own stuff, and, and more importantly, probably the opposition stuff. And if you see anything you don't really recognise, you can have a quick look at it and just flip the card over if you need to, just to sort of see. You know what is 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 that is that kind of like you know something I need to keep an eye out for? So and that reduces the kind of gotcha kind of element that other games, you know, sometimes who no fault of their own, but you know they because the rules aren't so easily readily to hand, they can kind of catch you out. And in a skirmish game, that's quite important because sometimes it's like you know one model can win you or lose you the game. You generally want yeah. that to be because of you know gameplay, not because of oh actually I've got this ability know. that you 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 didn't know about. Um, yeah. So. So, yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's uh, it, it kind of you know builds on this whole idea, as you said, of um, uh, giving the model more flavour and uh, making it kind of act in a way that represents its faction or its its type and and kind of connects to the model itself. I mean, like um, just to give some ideas, I suppose, of like just to give some flavour. I mean. Like you, you, I can think of some really cool ones. Like there's this monk I've got that can summon a, a tsunami and just mm-hmm. literally pushes everyone away. You know, um, there's there's tons of there's tons though, aren't there? Like there's there, other there ones are tons. That, like yeah, you know, like um, I think we, know, that are we, out there. we may even do uh, a few more focus podcasts on some of the more interesting ones. The yeah, y- Yuma Uber, uh, which is uh, a Yuri. Uh, yokai basically a demon thing 
um, that's got a really interesting feat where it, um, it it morphs and it takes opposition stats and feats, um, yeah. and and that's just phenomenally interesting because it's it's a it's a key feat that basically can steal other key feats, and yeah, copy, yeah, copy yeah. them, I should say. So it doesn't remove them, but from other people, it, it just copies them, um, and it, it opens up a whole world of oh, you know, I can I could do this, I could do that. If I could if I could get to that guy with durable, this could be amazing, kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it really is a, it's quite exciting. Like you know, what you, what you can do with some of these key feats, but it really it, it makes the game very dynamic because sometimes you think I oh, you know. I played uh, other sort of skirmish level games, and they're and they're, they're pretty good games. I, I, I don't want to name them, but I, but I, I I think this this is like another level which which you don't often see, and it, it just means like a model might be able to um, behave in a way which, if it's got the right resource, um, can can be very thematic and very kind of you know uh, cinematic. I think is, is you know perhaps the word, but uh, it's uh, it, it it's it's just like opens up a whole realm of possibilities of what that model could do in that turn, and it gives you a lot of decisions to make. Then you know, and you, is that if, yeah, uh, it is a finite resource because yeah. you know we've we talk, like so we said like every turn you gain this key and you only can have up to a maximum. There are ways that you can kind of move key between your models around, so you can kind of focus on, for some factions, not all of them. Uh, so you, you've got that kind of uh, options. But when it comes down to it, it's really like up to you. Like, are you? Do you want to use that key to boost your stats? So possibly you need to run towards an objective, so you've got to boost your movement, or maybe you're outnumbered in a fight. So to give you um, a fair chance, you up your me- uh, melee stat or perhaps you're, it's that moment where you need to unleash this massive key ability, you know, it, maybe it's this tsunami one that I talked about to, like, push all your enemy away. And it's totally up to you to how you do that. So, and in, um, anyone who may- likes manga and stuff like that will, will love all this stuff, I imagine, because yeah. it's very much in that kind of vein of, you know, you're kind of pushing out these um, these suit-up attacks or doing stuff or, that's really yeah. quite different and special. But, I mean, it's also I kind of how, like... Z, to be honest, uh, that kind of, like, powering <laughs> yeah. up. And you can, you can even do that. There's actually you can, an action, yeah. There's you know, a, there's there's a an way of powering up. To generate more key, um, yeah. But you, you just stand there, kind of like generating more key. You imagine <laughs> they're, they're doing the whole kind of, you know, talking to the enemy for about an hour before attacking them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that's, but that's that. You know, it's quite cool. And and um, uh, like we will probably come back to them as we said because there's so much you can talk about in 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 that space. But then, as you mentioned, uh, there are unique effects, um, and I, I think to start with the you probably look read it and you're like okay what this is a bit weird because it's not they're, they're not traits or feats so kind of and that's how they're explained in the rule book so what are they i mean they're just, they're just things that kind of are there um and, and they normally kind of explain to you how maybe the war maybe something's added to a warband or, or what can, it can add into a warband um or um some other in-game effect um and and that's you know, very much um, specific to that model. Yeah, uh, there's I've not got... many. There's not that many, or at least not no. the models I have. Uh, there's no. not many. Um, you know, uh, they're pretty rare. But uh, yeah, you're right. They're just kind of something that's really just specific to that model. Yeah, and I was, I was about to say, there's, there's, there's virtue things. I think are virtues unique effects. They're, they're like they're quite, they're another 
another thing that can come up occasionally but so there's there's sort of niche things that basically that can come up in that in this kind of back of card area where again you oh yeah you yeah, yeah i see what you mean yeah yeah they do uh list out virtues which um are, are certainly a confusing aspect uh to start with uh because there's this as um but basically virtues are you can do in a special ability if you have a virtue token and often you have to you get in virtue tokens is quite hard i think that's the main different the main difficulty is that you kind of see all these abilities you can do uh if you have a virtue token but it's not always immediately clear how you get virtue tokens so we won't go into that but there's there's way to get them and they they're a kind of uh, another resource i suppose but a very very rare one um i as far as i'm aware there's I've only seen it in Tengu and um, a little bit in uh, Temple. Um, I wouldn't and, be surprised if uh, it's a few I, other I places. I do have it as well. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's a, there's a few places it comes up. But yeah. If it's going to come up, it will come on the back of the card, and then at the very bottom of the card, on the right hand corner, there's um, there's there's a, it's like a, a little circle. It's going to have like a a letter in um saying the the model size basically where it's small medium large and so on um, yeah i think if it's tiny or huge they also say on the front of the card as well yeah, uh, just just, that. just yeah. to remind you um yeah. I, 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 I don't, it's generally quite obvious sort of it's, looking yeah. at the model <laughs> but there's a few the, exceptions maybe but, yeah I've, i think i mean you always have to keep an eye on the i mean generally it follows the base size generally yeah there's a few exceptions but yeah generally it follows the base size yeah and and that is important for uh range attacks because a bigger target's easier to hit um so you'll you'll be getting uh some minuses there <laughs> intuitively yeah i, I guess so, the only two that are on the same base is uh small which is actually and tiny and and it's worth noting that tiny is things like goblins but small is humans so <laughs> they're yeah. small in this game so yeah um, so humans would be a small um and and then you kind of go from there and uh i think there's there's some there are some really big oni um yeah. that that would you know be pushing this, this huge uh level i think i think that's one of the higher ones um well, I've always um, thought my um, I've got in my Tengu, I've got two very large eagle warrior models, and I always think they look quite large for medium. But yeah, it's, it's it doesn't really matter how big the model is; it's it's more it's what's on the card. Yeah, and uh, also the base size, and it will just tell yes. you 30, 30 millimeter standard in this game, and um, anything like you know that's bigger might have a slightly big base. Um, it, it would basically say it was. It will be the base it comes with generally. Um, I know it kind of some games don't specify, and that seems to uh, bug some people. But I think generally it's quite obvious if a model comes with a base, you just glue it in, and uh, that's the base. Uh, but it actually does specify on the card if if you kind of need that level of um, clarification. Um, there always will be some cards, I'm sure, that will have something extra on them and some cards that push the boundaries of what you can fit on the card. I think there's one model with, like, four different weapons. Um, so there's, <laughs> there's always, there's I've, always I've, a bit I've of snake out there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think there's a new wolf character with, uh, uh, with like, uh, quite interesting wound track as well. But and So basically anything, like, particularly unusual is normally explained uh, on, on the card as to kind of why that is the way it is. Uh, but, but generally... Uh, if if you kind of think about it for a moment, it's generally okay. I think sometimes when you look at uh, like a swarm card with like three wound tracks around it, you might and it's got like a A B C 
system going on. You oh, may yeah, look at that yeah. and go, hmm, just need to think about how they've laid yeah, out th- this those, card. Those cards represent multiple different models yeah. generally. You know, if they've got more than one wound track, it's, it's more than one model. And sometimes they can be yeah. different models, actually. You know, like, I think that's where they get the A, B, and C from if it's yeah. like it, it, so, you know, generally. As, got, as in different types. You yeah. Know, like, for, ex- for example, the. Uh, the young pirates have crabs of the eastern sea which do yeah. have three different types of crabs that are all represented up by one card so yeah so when it's uh when it's like that it will still be a b and c but at the bottom they normally say a equals an, an asp or boa constrictor or a cobra if, yes. if i'm thinking of the snakes um, yeah and, it, it will refer to whatever specific yeah. crab or you know whatever thing it is yeah so yeah, so that's the anatomy of a card, um, and hopefully a bit of an introduction yeah. uh, to the the how you play and sort of some of the concepts at least. I know we haven't talked about you know your turn order or anything like that yet, but hopefully that just kind of gives an introduction into how you can look at a card. Hopefully, gain some insight into what the model does, and at least a starting point to to learn the rules. Indeed, indeed. So, Darren, I see the time. I think um, we're over an hour now. So, so yeah. how, how would you like to use, uh, you know... Well, I, th- I think that's probably a good time to podcast. stop there. And, yeah, and we, and we can always uh, explore more in a future episode. But, um, yeah, that's that's been... So I hope that's we, been helpful. Should we wrap up? So, yeah, I mean, I guess we wanted to cover some of the, you know, the fundamentals and hopefully that's kind of interesting to people who are newer to the game and uh, maybe a bit of a refresh or clarification for people who've been playing uh, a little while. Um, I think these are sort of things that we probably would have found quite helpful when we were getting into the game. So uh, as we, as we sort of um, been playing for a little while now, but, but not, not by any means sort of, you know, veteran players in, in this game, we have been playing war games a long time, just, um, but fairly new to Bushido still. Um, we, we've, we feel like there's a bit of a niche there, basically, that we're looking to, to help people out on. So hopefully uh, that's interesting for people. I think what we'd like to do is obviously get through some of these introductory um, episodes and then get into sort of the you know the meat the meat of it a little bit and you know talk yeah, about I, I think we, to, we quite like yeah. being analytical don't we so yeah it'd yeah. be good to sort of i think give a give an overview of the factions is definitely one that i'd I like because uh to do because it's, it's something that's a little bit tricky to understand when you get into it what each faction does yeah. but you know there's tons of content that we we can think of that we'd like to share yeah so i mean we'll, we'll probably take you know uh you know some inspiration from what people um, send back to us, um, definitely, and, and maybe this episode is going to be—it's—it's it's too kind of basic for some people, but but there will be a lot of other people out there who probably find it quite helpful, um, and and so we kind of you know we look to cater to various different uh, requests that come in, um, but yeah, we were thinking of, you know explain the factions kind of you know just to give a flavour high level how they kind of work. So if you're new to the game, you're probably thinking, oh, what do I pick up, and you know will I like how it plays on the table. And it's normally a combination of the models and and some consideration for the gameplay because you, you you want models that you really like and this game's got some great models, um, but but you don't want to kind of be left with an army that kind of plays in a way that you know you just fundamentally doesn't uh, suit to your style. Um, and we we were thinking you know we can also delve into sub factions uh, within that kind of you know because most of these factions have their have their niches. Um, 
and, and loads of other ideas. I was thinking things like, you know, we could do a, some focus sessions on key feats and, uh, you know, op- opposing key feats. They're, they're quite interesting. Hobby corners on how we've built up our boards and, you know, what we've been painting, what we're up to, um, how we're kind of, you know, best spending our time at the moment, given that we're in lockdown. Um, and, uh, yeah, the scenery kind of tactics and scenario tactics and, and kind of, you know, the many levels of gameplay that, uh, that you can kind of, you know, get into with this kind of game. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's fairly easy to pick the, the rules, but like most games, you can, you can definitely go into, uh, you know, really, really kind of delve into this one. And, uh, and, and, you know, some people will want that kind of level of, uh, um, gameplay, which is very involved. Um, I think this game does offer that. It offers, you know, a quick game as well. But I think it's, uh, it's it- uh, yeah. I think I think it is more aimed at the the sort of um, you know the detail for sure. You know, um, yeah. and it can be can be unforgiving if you're if you're not paying attention. So, it's like, yeah. It's- so one one of the things I we mentioned as well, and we can do this is I've I've got a few kind of you know watch out for um, tips so we can. I don't know how yeah. we want to do that, Dan. Whether we'd start sprinkling, you know, we'd talk, we'd talk about it later, but whether we, we kind of like mention a few at a time or, or kind of just have one session where I just plough through them. Um, again, maybe we can get some feedback from, from listeners as to kind of, you know, what, what's the best way to digest that. Um, so, yeah, it's great. Um, shall we leave it there then, Darren? Yep, great. Okay, cool. Well, um, hopefully we'll have another episode soon. And, yeah, any feedback would be definitely appreciated. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to this. Great. Thanks. Thanks Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.